So I think by just doing things like that and setting shoots up for yourself that you just feel like are inspiring to you, that has led into doing commercial work. That has led into doing editorial work because, um, you know, people like, for example, David Yerman. Does anybody know David Yerman Jewelry? So they contacted me and they hired me to do an engagement session for one of their clients and they want it to be kind of editorial style like that. And that is, that is my dream. Like that is my dream client. Um, and so just by building your portfolio and, and then transferring it over to your real clients has definitely helped with the commercial clients to see we can hire this, let's say, real life wedding and um, engagement photographer to do something commercially for us. Welcome to the Photo Report podcast, where we talk to top level pro photographers about the business behind their craft, their journeys to get them where they are, and the lessons they've learned along the way. I'm Braden Flynn, your host, and this is season two of The Photo Report, but season one for the podcast portion of things. You can go online to thephotoreport.com to see past video interviews as well as the videos from this season. And season three is already in the works, but what we have for this season is a couple of handfuls of talks by photographers, bloggers, editors at the Richard Photo Lab booth that was held at WPPI conference out in Vegas. They're packed full of valuable info of what basically you wouldn't get unless you attended one of their workshops. This episode is with Jose Villa, who's widely known and respected for his work as a film shooting, fine art, wedding, and commercial photographer. He talks about his start and what led to where he is now, and he fields tons of questions from the audience. It's packed full of insights and hope you love it. Before we get into this episode though, this podcast is brought to you by Film Supply Club. Film Supply Club is the best place for you to get film if you're a film shooting photographer. It's a member-based community where once a member, you get access to discounted prices on film and other photo-related products and services like Richard Photo Lab, CloudSpot, Lens Pro to Go, Bench Accounting, and a lot more to come. Ultimately, it's here to strengthen our photography community and save you all as much cash as possible. Now on to the show. Jose Villa, the king of fine art wedding photography on film. Over a decade of success, uh, he's been featured in publications worldwide. You guys probably know those better than I would. Hoster, renowned annual wedding photography workshop, just had its 10th workshop. I was actually uh, lucky enough to attend this year. It's, it's quite a workshop. And just named one of Harper Bazaar's top wedding photographers for 2016. Welcome. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? Let's start, Jose. Take us, take us all on your journey. How did your career start? Yeah. Well, I, I, I see some familiar faces, so I'm sure you guys are going to probably be like, oh, I heard this before. Um, I've been photographing weddings for about 15 years or so. I'm formally trained. I went to Brooks Institute of Photography. Uh, I grew up in uh, central, I guess, coastal uh, California, and uh, I grew up on a ranch. And this is actually kind of fun being here because, <laughs> you know, it actually does feel like we're a little bit outside for a second. Um, I love the outdoors. Um, I normally or, or usually in most cases photograph um, outdoor weddings, vineyard weddings, private homes, that kind of stuff. That's just where I'm most comfortable. That, that is where I grew up. Um, so, I, you know, I want to I just I want to shoot in places that make me feel good. Um, I'm not going to place myself in situations that I don't feel good in. So um, I make it easy for myself. And uh, that's how I've been able to build my brand is to just be, you know, photographing in areas that, that feel good to me that I know I have full control in. Doesn't mean I don't photograph ballroom weddings. Of course I do. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think so, so that's a little bit of my, my background. Um, I photograph roughly about 30, 35 weddings a year. I used to shoot 60 weddings a year. Um, I, start, I first started shooting weddings um, back when I think the average wedding photographer was maybe charging $1,800 in my area. The first wedding I ever shot was $400, and I've always shot film. 
So I actually paid for the wedding. I, I paid for them to have the wedding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I see some nods over here. I know. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. And, uh, and the beautiful thing today that we live in, you know, of course, this social media world. And um, you need to take that to, uh, you know, to take that and run with it. Because honestly, like, for me, Instagram is my portfolio. Would you guys raise your hand if you think that's true? Yeah, everybody should be. Remember Higher. how weird it okay. was when uh, you told us that you had just booked your first wedding from Instagram? How like everybody was like, whoa. I know. That was like probably two and a half years ago, maybe now. But about a year and a half ago, a client called me and she said, um, I had already booked her wedding. And she said, hey, I'm really interested in hiring a floral designer, one of the best in California or anywhere. Who do you recommend? And so she said, don't send me their websites. Send me their Instagram. And I thought, wow, like people aren't even going to people's to vendors websites anymore. I mean, maybe they some are, of course, but mostly they want to see Instagram. And we all know that. I mean, I see a lot of really young faces here. Um, and I think it, it sort of for us, it, we're younger. Well, now I'm getting older now, but a lot of younger people here, um, you're using that platform and, and you should be. And what I always say, too, is only show what you want in return. Do not show images that you don't absolutely love, because if you do show those images, you're going to get that in return. It's just going to happen. I'll tell you a really quick story. I have tons of stories. But one of the funniest stories, I think, for me starting out was going through photography school, we were trained to photograph everything from literally cars to buildings to children to... (laughs) um, And you photograph everything. And the reason you do is because that's how you're going to fall in love with whatever it is that you're going to do for your career. Um, And I remember at the time, I used to go to the... In Santa Barbara, I used to go to this really great Mexican restaurant and they had the best shrimp burritos. They put like, you know, zucchini in there and like mushrooms and like sour cream. It was amazing. So I, I remember going to this restaurant and thinking like the third time I went, I thought, gosh, you guys don't have any photos. Like I want to see what I'm ordering. And I said, I will photograph your menu. And the owner said, okay, well, how much do you charge? Well, I had never actually made any money in photography. So I just threw a number out there and I said, $150 each, each photo, each setup. And he said, great, no problem. Sounds good. We have 42 for you. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like working at Rite Aid Pharmacy making, you know, $12 an hour at the time going to school. And I said, great. And so of course we did it a week later and I lit the tacos so beautifully. I was like, amazing. Uh, (laughs) And I literally mastered the look of photographing tacos and burritos. And so then guess what? Their competitors were calling me and saying, hey, we saw these photos. We want you to photograph our menus. And I thought, awesome, more money, you know? So that helped me get through school. I'm literally going around photographing tacos around the the, area. You had the market cornered on the market corner. Yeah, corner. I know. Uh, and that's how that's where my styling, you know, my photography started <laughs> was moving the bean just right in the perfect spot. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, honestly, just by doing things like that, that really has helped me in obviously now photographing and styling gorgeous things uh, and, and finding a certain client that now has, you know, instead of a burrito, it's fifteen hundred dollar, you know, Jimmy Choo's or Christian Louboutins or whatever it is. Uh, anyway, so going back to sharing and showing what you want in return, when I then started to um, create a website, I um, the work that I had was student work. And guess what? I had a lot of taco work, you know, from, from <laughs> no, and I'm not I'm not even joking. I did. And so what I did is I showed that work because it was beautifully lit, not knowing that what was going to happen was guess what? The next call that came in was another fucking restaurant. You know, and I said, no, this is not what I want. But that's the thing is that I was showing images 
and attracting that. And sometimes we don't think like that. I think sometimes we're thinking like, this is beautifully lit. It's gorgeous. It's styled beautifully. But maybe this is not the direction that I want to go in. And so I quickly took that down. I took all the stuff down off my website. And again, this is back in the day when there was no social media, no Facebook, no Style Me Pretty, none of that. And uh, as soon as I started doing that, people were now calling me just on what I wanted to do, which was mostly in the, at the time children photography and, and then some weddings and things like that. So, you know, I really, I, I really take this really serious. Like what you show is what you're going to get in return. And I know that, you know, you've probably heard that, but just really sit down and think about this. If you are on your Instagram later today, tonight, when you have five seconds after you go breathe some normal air, because this is not normal air, uh, <laughs> go down your Instagram and literally like delete images that you think, you know, maybe six months ago you liked it, but maybe you don't like it now. Do it. And I know sometimes it might feel a little like, oh man, you're losing a little part of your soul. But if you really truly feel that you love it, leave it. But if you don't, get rid of it. Um, and even even if it's literally like you're deleting 100 pictures, like I've done this, I go back and delete images all the time because I want my Instagram to all look like the top nine or the top 12. I want them all to look really beautiful together as well. You know, so not only are we photographers, but we're also art directors. I say that a lot. Um, and, and we're time management people. We're business people. It's hard. Being a wedding photographer, being a photographer in general is not easy. Um, so anyways, that's a little bit of a ramble into... I guess the beginnings. <laughs> Anybody got any questions? Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, I want you guys to ask any questions throughout the whole process. Like, this is just day one. I'm going to be back here uh, tomorrow and the next day, and then I'll be at Fuji booth as well. And I know some of you guys are going to my masterclass, but this is why you come to these things. Woo -woo. Um, I've been coming to WPPI for 15 years in a row. Like, that's kind of nerdy, right? It, I, yeah, I'm a, I know, I know. Um, and I was sitting down there and I was thinking like, gosh, like I, I love that I got to meet the person next to me. And that's how I found some second shooters. And that's how... You know, I found friends that were now we referred each other. So this is wh how, what's so cool about coming to things like this. Um, so ask questions, because if you don't, then what the hell are you doing here? You know, <laughs> you're not just uh, believe me, I'm, this is not a pretty face. So this is. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, seriously, if anybody who here shoots film, let's just start that. Whoa, that's awesome. OK, good. Cool. I love that. I feel like who here shoots film because um they like the way Jose shoots and kind of picked it up because of that. Uh, yeah, okay, ah. see, just as many names. I don't know. No, but um, so when I first started coming here, uh, when was this? Maybe about 10 years ago or so. Well, 15 years ago is when I started. But 10 years ago, I was nobody here was shooting film. Nobody. Uh, maybe 12 years ago. And I felt alone. I felt like I was literally wandering these halls and going, what the hell am I doing here? Like, I just don't connect. Of course, we love photography. We know that. But like everyone was afraid to shoot film because it was too expensive and because there was digital and digital was new. Well, guess what? I see a lot of young faces here. For you guys, for a lot of the younger uh, photographers, film may be new to you because the first camera that you received was a digital camera that your parents gave you when you were 14 years old or 15 years old. Um, and so that it, everything really just does do a whole full circle. It always does. Uh, and I've seen it. And luckily for me, I stayed true all the way through. I've never shot digital for a wedding myself. I have had second shooters shoot digital. Um, do I shoot digital for commercial work? Yes, I do. Uh, if you guys follow me on social media, I did the Mrs. Box campaign. Did you guys see that? That was shot on the contacts. And um, I put the... Um, it's an IQ250 back. And anybody familiar with those digital backs? They're really, really expensive, but they're really, really quite beautiful. And they're great for consistent light. We were shooting everything right by the window all day long. There was no direct light anywhere. And we literally shot from 8 o'clock in the morning to about 5.15 when the sun went down. And guess what? The exposure was pretty much exactly the same the whole time. 
when I first did the campaign, this is campaign number five. When I did the first campaign, I was super unsure about shooting it on film. And Summer Watkins, who is the creator of it, she said, I want film. Like, this is why I'm hiring you. And I said, okay, well, well, well of course, I'm gung-ho. I love film. But what happened was I felt really insecure knowing that maybe my images weren't going to be so sharp because we're dealing with specular objects. We're dealing with rings and diamonds and things like that. And so I decided that I would rent this back. I mean, this back is like 40-something thousand dollars. And it's like $1,000 to rent. It's ridiculous. So I did it. But what I did is because I was so unsure and I didn't feel really good about the whole thing, I shot film. And then I, sh- I would shoot like one whole setup on film. And then I'd get the back, take the back off, take forever, uh, and then shoot it with digital just so that I can compare and so that I can see. And if we ended up loving the film then we would give them the film. But if we ended up loving the digital, we would give them the digital. Well, guess what? We ended up loving the digital way better because it was a product, because it was specular, because it was a diamond. And of course, then we're dealing with their velvet boxes. So we've got two different types, two different contrasts or a contrast here. You know, so we ended up doing campaign number one on both. I mean, I probably spent like $1,800 on film and processing that went to, gar- went to the garbage. But you know what? I think it was okay because sometimes for me, I have to do it in order for me to, and I see some nods over here to actually really pay attention and to really just kind of like fall on my ass first or just learn that way on my own. And so now we're on campaign five. We're going to do campaign number six in October, but it's super, super easy now. And it's just, I think a lot of times too, what I want to mention is that we overthink lighting a lot of times as photographers. Keep it simple. Like all you really need to do, because people ask me all the time, well, at weddings, do you take like reflectors? Do you shoot flash in the day? No, no, no. Keep it super simple. Like literally all I need is open shade and a window and that's it. Uh, If you don't have that, I totally understand. Maybe you work now with flash or possibly with video light, which one of the biggest questions that a lot of film photographers, and I think you guys will also agree, is that it's really maybe a challenge to photograph at night, right? With film. That's like one of the biggest questions I get is, well, how do you shoot film at night? Well, I shoot with the Kodak 800. I push it possibly to 800 or even 1600. And then uh, I'm not pushing anything in the lab because I feel like there is room for air. There's human, there's, you know, of course there's humans processing things. And if you can go, if you can, um, you know, go beyond a specific time, then of course your images become contrasty and they can get ruined and all these things. So I try not to push in the lab. What I mean is I do it by my exposure when I'm photographing. I also will do video light. I, I like doing video light. I think it's a beautiful, uh, w- kind of a really classic, especially with black and white 3200 speed film. Um, and a lot of times my clients say, well, you know, we're looking for a digital photographer to do night stuff. And I, and I show them images and I, I tell them there's no need. But if you want, that's fine. We can hire a second shooter. It's, co- of course, now just going to cost a little bit more. Um, so anyways, any questions, you guys, just out the door here? Yes. So the question was, how do I get my digital from like, let's say the Mrs. Box to look a little bit comparable to the color with, with film? Or honestly, to be honest with you, I don't do anything with the images. I use a gray card and I have to, and I shoot it probably, like I check my color maybe every shot. And like last week we did 52 shots in a day. So I checked it 52 times because I would much rather check it, do a test on it, and then photograph that whole scene so I don't have to do anything in the computer. Sometimes we're underexposing a little bit because maybe the highlight is blowing out and we know that we may have to, you know, back in the computer, just bring it back a little bit. But, and I think I shot 1,400 images. I just actually sent them to the client. 1,400 images and um, we probably maybe fixed like, I don't know, 500 of them. Uh, a lot of times the color was going a little yellow. And the reason is because in my studio where we were shooting, 
in the distance, there's a little bit of a wall, or there's not a, a little bit of a wall, there's a big wall uh, in the distance that's kind of an orangey tone. And the sun at a specific time was bouncing that light into the office or the studio, and it started to go a little yellow. Uh, but, you know, of course, you, che you check your exposures, you check your grade card, and that's, that's pretty much how I do it. It's pretty simple, actually. That camera is pretty amazing. I mean, if you guys, you sh if you have an opportunity to try it, it's, it's quite beautiful. I don't think that I would photograph it at a wedding. At this time, I'm not, I'm not ready. I also think that it's, it's slow. You know, bride and groom are walking down the aisle. Some of my favorite photos that I've ever taken are with my contacts. Uh, you know, them walking down, there's motion. And I'm trying to, like, keep up with them. And that camera, I've tried it just, you know, to test it out. Phase one, uh, you know, sponsored me for a little bit. And I click, 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 and the thing was too slow. Um, you know, so it, it is a little bit of a, de a delay. So I probably wouldn't shoot it for weddings at this moment. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. What, what are some of the most surprising differences between wedding photography and the commercial photography you've talked about? Other um, than the fact that you shoot it digitally. Yeah. I, I think I like them both. Um, and I'm starting to tap in a lot more into commercial work and um, advertising work and stuff like that. I like the commercial work because I feel like I have, uh, like my clients that come to me have, they basically want me to do whatever I want. You know, they want me to be the art director. And so it's like, I just create a shoot and I just tell people what to do and, or what I like and then they'll just do it. Um, same thing with the wedding and that's kind of what you want to do is like as a brand, that's where you want to be. You want your clients to come to you because you have a specific look and they want you, you, you want them to ask you like, who do you recommend? Why? Because the wedding is going to be beautiful you, if you recommend your very talented you know, friends. Um, so, but the, the, but the biggest um, differences for me is that for weddings, I just... Obviously, there's real moments and real people and there's a lot more of like a gratification. Like I just feel like I'm people thank me and I'm creating a part of history for them and their family. And with like commercial work, it's kind of just a job, you know, but like still it's it's still gratifying. I still love it because, of course, I get to photograph how I want. But with a real wedding, I mean, it, you've seen that it. connection. Yeah, you've seen it. Your clients cry in front of you sometimes. Hopefully because your photos are good, <laughs> um, you know, or, or whatever or whatever it is. But no, it's just it. It's just the human, the, the human kind of bond, I think, too. Like when you bond with people just based on like creating images of like their family. Like I just had somebody recently, their their parent had passed away. And um, and this is crazy. And the, the dad had a heart attack at the wedding on Father's Day. It was like the craziest thing. And, I, and he was an older dad. And I took some amazing portraits of him in the day with him and his wife. Uh, he had a beautiful face and like uh, Asian, uh, you know, just beautiful, beautiful wrinkles, all that stuff. He was probably in his 80s. I, and anyways, he had a heart attack and passed away a couple of weeks after. But I felt so good that I had, you know, gotten those images. And I didn't know he had passed away except everything, came, it like just everything came to a halt during the, the toasts, literally during the toast. It was crazy. Uh, for like two hours and the, the groom was a doctor and he went in the ambulance with them and it was like it's crazy but that's life I mean that's just what happens you know but I just felt so good knowing that I had some amazing pictures and she told me she said hey uh, I need some enlargements because of my dad passing away and I of course I didn't know at the time but um, but and it felt good that she was just like happy that I had tons of pictures of them you know so you know that's kind of like right that just kind of says it all really you know but but commercial work is really is really really fun what are uh what are some of the commercial jobs you're working on now, other than um, than what you yeah. mentioned previously? So I actually have a bunch of hotel uh, hotel jobs or hotel clients. Uh, Four Seasons is one of my clients. Uh, Rosewood is also one of my clients, and I'm working on other hotels. 
uh, you know, they, they want a wedding photographer to come and photograph their venue to be able to attract those clients. Um, you know, so we've, we've done a bunch of little, um, not necessarily lookbooks, but like just little, I guess, campaign shoots for them. And would you shoot that in film or is that digital as That's well? That's all film. Anything that has to do with like an actual model or humans or whatever, that's all going to be. So, in so skin you're tone. saying product is product is yeah. digital and yeah, else yeah. Cool. And I mean, I think we did we did some digital of their location at night, like at sunset or something like that. We we did a little bit of digital, but for the most part, it's going to be film, especially when there's some skin tone. Uh, skin tone, you know, of course, it needs to be. The thing with blow, with blowing out your negative, and for those of you that shoot film, what I mean is you're overexposing your film. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, like a stopper, maybe two sometimes. Um, you have to be careful with the skin tone blowing out. You want the skin tone to still look really true. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we have as film photographers. If we are going to be blowing it out and then using the combination of like a Noritsu scanner, then you're probably going to be blowing your skin tone out a little bit. Um, so people ask me all the time, well, why do you use the Noritsu and why do you, you use the Frontier? Are you guys familiar with those two machines? Yes, I see some no's and yeses. Okay. If you nodded no, you need to do your research. And as a film photographer, you need to do some testing. You need to figure out what it is that you like, not just because you saw you know, my work or Elizabeth Messina's work or whomever's. Um, you definitely need to just do your thing and test it all out. Uh, I tend, and people ask me this all the time, why do you use the, the, the Noritsu versus the Frontier in certain cases? Well, it really depends. It depends on the lighting situation. If it's a really beautiful day in California, we have gorgeous sunset, I'm probably going to do the Frontier. If it's a really dark day and I'm photographing, I don't know, wherever, even in California, let's say, um, then I'm probably going to do the Noritsu. And the reason is, is because the frontier tends to go darker in the shadows. But the skin tone to me tends to be a lot more true. In the, on the Noritsu, the skin tone tends to blow out a tiny bit and you have to dial that back. But the shadows will definitely not bog up or get clogged like they would in the frontier. So it's just a different style. I know some of you do shoot Fuji and some of you uh, shoot Kodak. I honestly love Fuji. I think Fuji is just the better look for me. But I do love the Kodak. The Kodak 800 is, is one of my big um, films that I use, you know, maybe at twilight or as the sun is going down. Um, so that's, that's my formula. And you all have to have your own formula. Whatever that formula is, just, you know, it's all about testing and figuring it out on your own. And sometimes we change. You know, sometimes we, we shoot 100% Fuji or, you know, 100% Kodak. But you really have to make sure that you make the right decisions because that is what's going to determine your brand moving forward as well. Like it all has to be consistent. And I think that's a really big word for me is consistency, uh, making sure that everything is consistent throughout. As a wedding photographer, we know that sometimes we run up against, you know, six different lighting situations or whatever it is, you know, super bright light to then like dark church or maybe a ballroom or, or whatever it is. But your job as a film photographer and a digital photographer, obviously, but your job and, and a little harder as a film photographer is to make all of that consistent without having to be stuck in front of a computer. Who here loves to be in front of a computer? Nobody. One. Boo! Boo! <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, honestly, like, and when I ask that question, it's always, like, one person. And that's great. That's, that's what they love, and that's, and that's good. Anyway. Do you have a question? Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, a question. How did I make the transition into weddings and then into commercial? Honestly, it's been just a natural, organic progression. People, yeah, people have contacted me, and because of that, I've I've actually now pursued it myself. Um, I've talked to a couple of reps as well. I mean, in the commercial world and advertising world, a lot of photographers have reps. Um, I, I've talked to a few, but honestly, like I feel like the clients that I want to attract in the commercial world are ones that don't want to work with reps. They don't want the drama. They don't want, 
and I understand, you know, and it's uh, the reason you want to have a rep. It's almost kind of like having insurance, I guess, almost like having an, uh, you know, like a, a lawyer, I guess, if you will. Um, because they're in charge of contracts, they're in charge of payments, they're in charge of all that, but they're going to take a big cut, you know? And so if you're okay with that, then that's fine. I have friends that, that, that are okay taking that. But the main thing for me is that I always like to have that client relationship. Like Summer, I, with, with the Mrs. Box, we became friends before she even created this box. So that's a little different. But with like Rosewood Hotels, when they contacted me, they said, we have 18 properties. We have one property that we want to start off you shooting and it's going to be in Italy. And um, do you have a rep? And, and they said, if you do, can you have them send us a quote? And I said, no, I don't have a rep. I will send you a quote myself. And they loved that. Literally, they picked up the phone and I was talking to Mark over at Rosewood Hotels and we had a good conversation. And he loved the fact that I was not just trying to, you know, add all this money for digital retouching and all these things that a lot of people do. And it's worth it. Look, believe me, it's worth it. I just didn't want to go there, you know. So from that experience, I actually decided that I w- I wouldn't want to do a, I wouldn't want to get a rep at this point at this time. Uh, but it, I think it was just kind of an organic thing, and that's what I do in my life. I mean, in my business, I tend to just let everything just kind of happen organically. Um, from the very very beginning, I never really thought that I would be doing weddings. I actually was photographing kids first, and the reason I was was because I was really afraid to talk to adults. I'm being honest. I didn't know how to tell people to pose. I felt really insecure about how people were feeling or, or how they thought they saw themselves in the, you know, or how they felt and how the photos were going to translate. And people would tell me, and I, maybe they tell you this now, is I feel fat, you know, or this doesn't feel comfortable. Um, and so I just didn't want that. I, and so I started with children because I could just run after them and they didn't care. How did you get over that? Um, I got over it because, well, one of my clients who had been a, uh, a client of mine for, from a while ago from school, I was photographing their kids and she said, Hey, will you photograph my sister's wedding? And I said, no, no, no. And I went to Brooks, you know, Brooks is, well, Brooks unfortunately no longer is around, but, um, you know, me thinking, well, and they, they teach you this at Brooks. It's like, you don't come to the school to be a wedding photographer. You come to be, you want, you come to be like Annie Leibovitz here, you know, or David LaChapelle or all these amazing photographers. Um, and so I always thought, no way, I'm too good for weddings. And so I said, all right, I'll do the job, but like nobody can talk to me at the wedding. Like I don't want anybody talking to me. I just want to be a fly on the wall. And you know, the, the sister was like, okay, I'll ask my sister, but whatever. Um, and so she called me back 30 minutes later. She said, okay, you're hired. How much do you charge? And I said, oh, well, um, uh, $400. And she said, great, you're hired. And so I started doing that and really just sort of doing just like photographing like a fly on the wall, which was great being this photojournalist because back in the day, that was a thing. Have you guys heard of uh, Dennis Reggie or Joe Busink? You know, they were sort of the, I would say the wedding found or the founders of the wedding photojournalism movement back in the day. And so the Knot magazine was telling their brides, hire photographers that are wedding photojournalists. So people were calling me because they saw the first weddings that I did. And they said, are you a a wedding photojournalist? And I would say, yes, I am, even though I had no fucking idea what that meant. I mean, I did, but, and so I just, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it. And so what I started realizing, though, is that that wasn't necessarily 100% of what I, how I would want, you know, to be running a successful wedding business. I felt like I needed to direct and I needed to insert myself and just, you know, tell them what to do, like walk that way, but also relax and do this and do that. And as soon as I started doing that, I started to really fall in love with my work. I started to really, I feel like, take control. And, uh, and I, was, I was creating it, if that makes sense. Yes, of course, you know, as a wedding photographer, I think a good wedding photographer is one that has a million different thing hats that we put on but it but the main two is really 
you know, as a, uh, the end result is being a good uh, journalistic photographer, a fly on the wall, but and also a really good director, but, you know, not being so obtrusive, you know. So as soon as I started doing that, I also noticed that my sales would go up because people started to look a lot better in their pictures. They didn't have that double chin. Even though you wanted to get that beautiful moment, I still said, okay, chin up, you know, and then they would, and literally, and then sometimes they'd freak out and go, what? And then they ruin the moment, you know, but just directing definitely helped my business for sure. I started loving it a lot more. Uh, and it just, it just, you know, one thing sort of just led to, to another. Yeah. What would be like your top three tips for a wedding photographer that's trying to get into uh, shooting more commercial work? Um, I would say start creating photo shoots, not necessarily to be blogged, just for yourself. Um, back, I don't even know, maybe some of you have seen this, these images, but it's a, a beautiful couple, their models, in a river swinging and going upstairs. Yeah, okay, that, that shoot. Um, I, I did that shoot years ago because I wanted to finally kind of break into a little bit of the editorial photography. And editorial photography doesn't pay. It just doesn't. Um, but I wanted to be able to tell a story. And at the time, I was really hitting a wall with doing engagement sessions. Who here feels like they're so over engagement sessions right now? Because it's like, it's very repetitive. Can you say that? It's very repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Half of you. And at the time, I was hitting this wall where I felt like it's so repetitive. Just stand there, lean into each other, hug, give her a kiss on the cheek, give her a kiss on the forehead. You know, it was just like a same, same thing. And so I just felt like I needed to tell a story. And at the time, what I did is I, I, I hired models. I went and photo. Uh, do you guys know who Tech Pataja is, photographer? Yeah. I photographed his wedding back in 2008, I think it was maybe, a while ago. And while I was driving past to his location, I remember to the right, a really beautiful emerald green, beautiful, gorgeous river. And I looked at the water and I'm like, damn, that looks to toxic. I, I wonder if it's even <laughs> safe to jump in there. But it was literally like a beautiful, like agave color. It was amazing. A little deeper than that. And I thought one day I'm going to come back and one day I'm going to do a photo, a, a shoot here. And it's going to be a shoot for myself, not for a paid job, not for anything like that. I'm just going to do it for myself. Sure enough, I showed text photos. It was on uh, the cover, the first cover of Southern Weddings magazine. And I, that's one of, I think, because a lot of times you think about, you know, for me, people ask me, what are like the top three things that maybe were uh, business changing, you know, uh, decisions you made or whatever. And shooting text wedding at a big discount, let's just say, uh, was good. It was really good for me. Anyways, we got the wedding published. I started to get inquiries for the same area and the singer songwriter in, in Nashville contacted me. She said, Hey, her name is Francesca. Um, I'm getting married in this area. Will you come and shoot my wedding? And I said, yeah, of course. And I thought, yes, I'm going to shoot the wedding. I'm going to get paid what I'm worth that I didn't give her any discounts and I'm going to do that shoot by that toxic river. And so <laughs> does a toxic river have a name? Maybe it does. I should ask tech. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's beautiful though. Um, and, and so I, I booked the wedding. I hired, or not hired necessarily, but we, um, we connected with Joy Proctor. Do you guys know who Joy Proctor is? You know, works with One Sweat. Okay, that's... So Joy and I met years ago when we did Tech's wedding. And so I contacted her and I said, hey, I have this idea to do this shoot. I'm hitting a wall with engagement sessions. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I have this idea. Like, I just want a beautiful model, gorgeous, um, you know, swimsuit. I have an idea of maybe black. I'm not sure. Uh, black, black clothing, all that stuff. And so we did it. And then I showed it on my blog. Blogs, of course, back then were a lot bigger. Uh, I don't get as many hits anymore on my blog than I do, like, let's say, on Instagram, or let's say. But um, we showed it. And the crazy thing is that the next engagement sessions, guess what? My clients were saying, I want that. I want that. And so literally, like, the next six shoots were pretty much doing that. Like, I had this bride that said, I have a, a ranch in my area and where we live. 
and I have a lake and I want to do in a beautiful dock and I want to do the same thing in this lake. And I said, perfect. It became a thing where it was like we were doing the same thing now, like doing lake shoots. So I'm like, okay, stop. So I think by just doing things like that and setting shoots up for yourself that you just feel like are inspiring to you, that has led into doing commercial work. That has led into doing editorial work because, um, you know, people like, for example, David Yerman. Does anybody know David Yerman Jewelry? So they contacted me and they hired me to do an engagement session for one of their clients and they want it to be kind of editorial style like that. And that is, that is my dream. Like that is my dream client. Um, and so just by building your portfolio and, and then transferring it over to your real clients has definitely helped with the commercial clients to see we can hire this, let's say, real life wedding and, you know, uh, uh, engagement photographer to do something commercially for us. So to answer your question, I don't know who, who asked this question. Sorry. I did. Oh, you did. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're here. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, I think just start building on already. How many people here are just like a couple of years into it? Just raise your hand. Just like two or three. Yeah. No, and that's awesome. And this is your time right now. And a lot of you maybe are here going, I'm just hitting a wall. Like, are you guys, you guys, I met you yesterday, right? Yeah. Are you like pretty comfortable with your, your business right now? No. This, why are you not? Come and sit over here on my lap. <laughs> what's, what's one of your major things right now in your business where you're kind of struggling? You're like, what, where do I go from here? Like, what's your, this is a really big question. The clientele that we are getting right now is not the clientele you're, that you're we hear that a lot. Well, yeah, that we want. And locations, like where you live. No, and that's really true. Like, we're super spoiled in California. Let's just be honest. The light is amazing 300 days out of the year or more. It never rains, unfortunately. Uh, well, and, not lately. Well, it has been, which is great. <laughs> we need it. And then, um, and like, I live in an area where 15 minutes I'm in the mountains and 15 minutes I'm in the ocean with gorgeous cliffs. I am an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But you know what? The bottom line, I totally understand because for me, like, location is like number one. It's number one. Uh, number, well, number one and then lighting, you know, all that stuff. But anyway, so location is very, very important, but I think you really just have to make it, just do it like you, I know there's locations by you. Do you, this is what I do actually. I actually, even I've been living in, uh, I grew up in the same area where I live now and I literally will get in the car. I'm not even joking. And I, I, it's a foggy day in September or whatever. I wake up at six o'clock and I drive around to places I've never been. And I and like literally right where I live and I find locations just by doing that, you know, so I know it sounds silly and you're kind of like looking at me like you're crazy, but it really is true. Like just get in the car and just drive. I'm sure you'll find beautiful locations. You don't need crazy mountains. You just need a beautiful shrub, literally beautiful shrub with flatland and beautiful sky. That's it. I think one of the things maybe you struggle with is maybe weather as well, where it can get really hot, right? And you can't shoot certain times of the year. No, for sure. And you know what I've really been getting into now is like, well, I've done it for a while, but getting back into it is doing like backdrops, like natural light, just like really pretty, beautiful backdrops that we'll even paint or, you know, that kind of a thing. And you start there and then maybe you go outside for, for part of it, you know, or, or yeah, or you drive. I drive. I'm, I'm not even joking. Like I'll do probably 50 engagement sessions a year. I do more you engagement 50? sessions. 50. Well, you work with their schedule a little bit more. Maybe you're a little more flexible. Like, believe me, I would work on Sundays all the time. I literally had no time off, you know, and sometimes we have to do that and we have to sacrifice those, those days. I don't do that anymore because I've done that. I will. I'm not saying I won't. Of course I will, depending on the client, but I still will drive. I mean, Joel's in the back. I will drive three and a half hours to Carmel to do an engagement session. 
Why? Because I'm also getting tired of where I've been doing this for 15 years. So I get tired, even though it's incredible. And let's be honest, I'm a little bit of an asshole for that, for saying that. But it's true. Is that like it's it's the same thing for me. So like any artist, you want to move or, or get away from that, even if it's drop dead gorgeous. It's the mountain and it's the mountain and then 60 engagement sessions in the mountain, you know, and that's what my clients want. But I'm willing to drive three and a half hours to go to Carmel where there's gorgeous backdrops and it's a new thing for me and it's exciting and I have to take a whole day to do it. And sometimes you just have to do it, you know, so um, I think the hard part is convincing your clients. Yeah, for sure. That is the hard part because I know you will do it uh, to be re-inspired or to just find new locations. And I think what you do is you literally just like push it. You push it and you just say, I really, truly feel like this is going to be the best place for you. I think that, you know, for the aesthetic, you show them examples. Maybe because the thing is, is that you can't sell anything if you don't show it. You just can't. You know, people all the time say, well, do you do 16 by 20s? Well, of course I do. And I show I show them. And when I show them, they buy it. Same thing with albums. You know, if you don't show them, they're not going to buy it. So maybe what you do is this location that's an hour and a half or three hours away. Maybe you literally take photos of some of your friends or your family. Like, I'm not even joking. 30 minutes, examples. Style them really awesome. Make sure that the colors and palette's really, really great on what they're wearing. And literally have a little gallery and say, hey, guys, here's an example of what this looks like. Photograph them at the best light. You know, that kind of thing. Create a portfolio for this particular location. That's going to sell it for you. It, it just is. But you have to go beyond just saying, "I trust me. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> you just have to show it. And I've done it. I do it constantly. And it's, a hard, it's hard work. It really is. But that's what makes you, you know, uh, successful, bottom line. Um, so going back to you guys, so f- um, finding those clients that maybe aren't, or well, you're having trouble with the types of clients you have now. Well, are you talking about budgets? Or are you talking about bad taste? Both? <laughs> okay. It took me five years to make money. So I think you're okay. <laughs> Honestly. And, you, and this is what happens, I think, with a lot of photographers. You guys are young is that we tend to beat each other up. You know, we, we eat ourselves up. It's like, we're not good enough. We want everything now. And honestly, you guys, I've been doing this for 15 years. I can't just sit here and say it just happened overnight. It did not. How many rolls did it take you to get your look? A million. <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe a thousand. I Who think knows? you told me one time it took you 3,000 rolls to yeah. figure out your, your look, yeah. your formula. No, exactly. Uh, you know, so I think, and I'm not even counting the years that I went to school. So I've actually been shooting like for 18 years, you know? So I will truly tell you that for about five years, I was pretty much breaking even. Like I wasn't doing good. Like I actually, like the government would give me money back. That's how bad it was, you know? But that's what you do. I'm being honest with you. And, and you know, of course, and I, I'm not perfect. I, I did not, I do not have a business degree. Um, I can tell you that I'm really good at business now because of course I made a lot of mistakes, you know? So I think for you guys, like you're on a really good path. I know that out of 52 weddings that you'll shoot this year, I know there's going to be 12 that are going to be awesome. And what you do is you don't show the other 38 or whatever. You just don't. And, but maybe there's really beautiful moments that, don't, that has nothing to do with details, let's say. Because a lot of times the types of clients that you're going to be getting uh, is based on a lot of the details that you show. You know, like you're attracting, if let's say you're photographing a gorgeous table that has incredibly expensive floral and, and flatware, if you have some of those weddings, those are the weddings you need to pump out like crazy. Um, and don't overshow things, you know, but also don't show things where, and it's simple as just not showing a floral piece that's like, you know, carnations, no offense to carnations, you know, or like sunflowers, you know, and you're laughing because you probably shoot those types of flowers. 
And because that just really means, to me, and in, 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 in the industry, it just means that you probably aren't shooting weddings that are, you know, let's say, have a healthy or a wealthy, uh, you know, healthy uh, budget, you know? So sometimes you have to make it for yourself. You have to style it yourself. Make it look better than it is. That's what, that, and that's exactly what I did. You know, I, I, I did that too when I was first starting out. Not all my weddings have been incredible. I mean, look, I have, last year I shot, I don't know, close to 30 weddings. Two of them were like at a park. I mean, I was the most expensive and they hire me because they want me to look the wedding. They want me to make the look like, what am I trying to say? Make the wedding look better, you know? And, and that's, that's a challenge. So we just have to make it better for ourselves, you know? So I think right now, the biggest thing for you that's like an advantage is that you have these clients. I mean, how amazing. There's probably people here that are like, damn, I have three weddings this 52 year. 52 is great. That's a lot. And I know that, and I don't know your rates and we don't need to get into that. You probably need to raise your rates. That's number one. Um, and I tell this to, and I know you just looked at me like, oh God, no, you know, um, no. <laughs> uh, and, the, and look, if you already have that many weddings, let's say, or you have that for the, you know, for like the end of the year, you look at your numbers and you have 52, you probably should up your rates. I'm not even joking. You probably want to be in a place where you're like 25 weddings and you're charging double of what you're charging now. That's, that's your goal because then you are comfortable knowing that you're not working your ass off as much. Um, and you're bringing in as much money as you did with 52. And I mean, 52, that's every single weekend. Like you guys, I'm sure want some time off, you know, and that's okay. And you have two kids, damn, you know, so, and that's, so this is good though, because you're just four years into it. You're working yourself there, you know? So that's awesome. Good for you guys. I actually congratulate you. I know that you're here like, oh, I want better weddings. Yes, that's true. But you're in an amazing place right now in an amazing platform to be able to make it better for yourself. You have the clientele. That's number one. Now you make it for yourself. And so style it uh, and, and spend more time at the wedding styling things and bring stuff if you need to. That makes sense to the wedding. Not, you know, don't bring like a, I don't know, like a suitcase or a vintage suitcase or something, you know, or just things like that. Just make it for yourself. And I know I, I, you're nodding your head. I think you get it, but you just have to just continue with it. But you're, I mean, honestly, you guys are, that's awesome. Good for you. Do I use Richard photo? Yeah. Uh, yes, exclusively. No, I've been using these guys for probably, I don't even know, 10, 10 or 12 years maybe? Yeah. I can't remember. Talk a, talk a little bit about the importance of uh, the relationship between the photographer and uh, his or her lab. And it doesn't necessarily have to be Richard, although we are your lab. Yeah. But no, and you know what? It, there's a lot of labs out there, you know? And, and I think that's the beauty is of what we have here in, in the U.S. And I know that there's some people here from out of the country um, or even in some states where you don't have the ability to, to work with great labs. But um, do, do a lot of testing, and I cannot say that enough. I, I like Richard Photo Lab, not just because they're in California. That wasn't even a thought. It was more just because the look that I want is what they can provide for me, and they just understand that. I've tested other labs, and I think there's a lot of other labs out there that are really good. You know, so but I've decided that Richard Photo Lab is the one for me, and it's a relationship. It's a really you have to have a really strong relationship with your lab. I always say that I'm fifty percent of making an image, so I feel like I'm fifty percent, and then the lab's fifty percent. I I will definitely give that much percentage to the to the lab. I really truly believe that. You had a question. How did the lab influence me? Uh, that's a good question. The lab didn't influence me. I influenced myself, and then I had them do what I wanted. So the lab should not influence what you're doing, in my opinion. I know there's some photographers here that like a certain style that a lab did, but for me, it's whatever I want. And, and, and it really is. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that like in a funky way, 
but like I can't let a lab tell me how I'm going to do things. Yeah, you if, know. If you're working with a with a pro lab and your your exposures are consistent, you should be able to articulate the look that you're going for, and your lab should be able to get you there. Provided you're you're doing your half of the job, the lab should be able to do its half of the job. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I tell you guys that it's really important to test. Uh, because you may like Kodak more than Fuji, or you may like a certain, uh, I don't know, camera than a Contax, or different labs that do different, that even scan differently, or even print differently. I print everything, by the way. Um, it's really important for me to print every single image from a wedding. Uh, I like to touch and feel. I don't, I don't like the idea of having your images digitally. I am now starting to make that change, but I just did it with a wedding, actually. Ver my very first wedding, uh, I just got, literally while I was here, um, that'll be the very first wedding where we're going to look at it digitally. We're going to download it and we're going to delete and edit images uh, immediately from. The, I've never done that. And what he means is his scans. My He's scans. Look sorry. At the scans as opposed to his workflow before, which was print as soon as it was scanned and then do his selects after that. Right. And that's what I would do. You know, I did that forever. But I realized that now because of the types of clients that we're having, they all want galleries. They all want to be, you know, have digital files and all this stuff. We're doing it a different way. And so, like, I'm open to that. I, and that's what we do as artists. We continually, you know, we constantly just keep changing. Um, and, and look, and even, like, when I looked at my, look at my images five years ago or even six years ago or even yesterday, I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, no. So, so let me, ex so I'll explain. So just even one wedding ago, let's say, I was printing 100% of my images. So I would send 100 rolls of film, literally, because that's how much I'm shooting. And then they would scan it. Then they would print it. All 100 rolls would come to me and we would delete or throw away. Yeah. And, and so I, I would like to see everything. Then we would put it in order. So my client isn't, doesn't really know my internal process uh, or workflow. So it's not going to affect them at all. If anything, for me, it's just going to make it a little bit more tidy, if you will. Because sometimes the way that I shoot is that I may take, this is ridiculous, I may take like 10 shots of the freaking shoes. And a lot of it is in my head. And I'll be super honest with you. And I don't mean to sound weird, but like, for the amount of money that some of these clients are paying me, I get all I get nervous and I'm like, oh, my God, like when I first booked my first five thousand dollar wedding, I freaked out. I think I like peed myself a little bit because I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of money. Like I was working at Rite Aid Pharmacy part time and someone was willing to pay me five thousand dollars. That is crazy. So the bottom line is that for me, sometimes it, I get really nervous, like I'm a nervous person and I, I you know, I, but I try to calm myself and I tend to take <laughs> I tend to take too many photos of one thing. So if anything, it's actually going to help me um, just, you know, to make sure that I'm not over showing. Because what happens sometimes if I take a lot of detail shots, sometimes my clients have said, well, where are the people? You know, I don't know if you guys have had that, too. And it's because at wed some of these weddings, the, the details are beautiful. And so I want to just keep shooting the details. Uh, but then, of course, we forget the people. <laughs> so if anything, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help me, I think. Um, and, but we are still going to print everything because I like everything, meaning everything that we are going to deliver to the client. They get all proofs, 4.5 by 6 with a white half-inch border. Um, we have custom-made boxes from Cypress that are linen. They're beautiful. So we give everything to our clients like that versus just giving them a digital file or, let's say, the thumb drive. Like, who here uh, just gives the thumb drive to your clients? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. I know. Don't be, don't be shy. Everyone's we know it's like, more than that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny that you would be uncomfortable because you know what you need to do, right? What do you need to do? Print. Exactly. Um, I, I, yes. <laughs> you guys have to print your images, even if you're not printing everything. I'm not saying print everything. I'm just saying maybe you take your favorite 100 photos and you make 11 by, or sorry, not 11 by 5 by 7s or 4 by 6s and just 
gift it to them. Don't even tell them. If you already have it in your packages, like let's say you've booked 12 weddings for this year and the client doesn't think they're going to get prints, give them prints. They're going to love you for it. I'm telling you, it's, it's crazy. So I am a huge believer in printing your shit. That's a hashtag, by the way, print your shit. <laughs> yeah. How many photos do I deliver? It really depends on the wedding. So, you know, six hours is what, like I'll shoot one wedding, two weddings for six hours. And then my average weddings are about 10 hours. So in a 10 hour wedding, we're probably delivering about 800 photos. Um, but maybe I shot 1600. So I'm giving them about half and I will be giving them all the negatives. So the negatives are all theirs to keep. I don't want their negatives. Um, of course we archive their, their images digitally three, three times or so. Um, but definitely the negatives they're with me. I believe me, I have clients that don't want their negatives because they just don't care They you know, they're just younger generation. They just want the digital files. Um, but I know some photographers that sell their negatives and some people will actually make that into a small little business, which is great as well. Uh, and with, uh, with engagement sessions, this is kind of funny though. I don't give engage, uh, my engagement session negatives. People buy those. Um, and actually people buy them all the time. And why is that? I just want to be able to hold something. I don't want to give them everything. And it makes me feel like if it's, it's their wedding, yes, you can have it. But the, but the engagement session, I put a lot more time into it. I maybe styled it a little bit. I drove three hours away. It's mine. So it's if your you, baby. It's my baby. If you want it, it's going to cost you $1,000. And you, you would be surprised how many people buy it. People buy those negatives. Yeah. So because they want everything. You're already giving them pretty much everything except one thing. And the digital files. I never give my digital files. Who here gives their digital files with the packages? Raise your hand. Everybody, That's I'm sure. That's all of you guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. It's, it's social media and she needs it and she hates it. Yeah. And she just rolled her eyes at me. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's also a com like your competitors or as well, like your competitors down the street or whatever. They're also offering it. And it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. But what you need to do is you need to start getting yourself over out there as a fine art wedding photographer or an, a, a photographer that provides prints. Uh, you know, I print larger images and we mat them and then we, f we don't frame them. We don't do that yet, but we sign them and it becomes an art piece. So you, the, the deal here is that you want to be this brand and that it doesn't matter if there's another person offering exactly what you're offering as far as digital files, but you're going to offer them something completely different. A lot of it is the experience. What are you giving uh, as an experience to these clients? Are they coming into your studio? Are you making them feel comfortable? Are you, you know, whatever it is, are you driving three hours away? Like just things like that. The word gets out. It's not just what's right here in social media, but it's also... What pl wedding planners, I, most of my work comes from wedding planners and wedding planners know that like I'll work my ass off and that if I need to stay longer, I'll stay longer. I'll charge for it, of course, but I'm, I'm so flexible. I'm super easy. I feel like I'm a really good guy. I'm genuine. I follow through. I'm nice. Please be nice. If you're not like you're going to get X'd. I'm not even joking. There's one of my biggest competitors in this industry. We will not talk about that. Uh, you know, this particular person is a, a little harsh. Let's just be honest. I, I'm friends with her. I, I tell her this in her face, so I don't feel bad telling you this. And clients don't want to hire, or wedding planners don't want to hire her because she's a little bit of a diva. You know what I mean? And it's true. And, and I'm like, they, that's like the biggest gift someone has ever given me because she's a diva and, and people think that I, and I am, I, I believe I'm truly genuine. And that's what you do. You're just be a good person and just honestly be, be just be nice uh, because it can get a little crazy uh, over here. You guys are like, Oh yeah, I know that person over there. They're crazy. 
And, and it's true. Look, we're all artists. We can all get a little crazy sometimes. And you know what? Share. Like, I was talk- talking to you guys yesterday about sharing. You know, this is why we're here. Like, share with your neighbor. I think that that's, that's the way to go. Don't just be it all just be for yourself. I mean, I, look, I didn't learn. I, I was inspired by other people, too. People taught me, so it's good for me to teach back. And that's, that's exactly how you want to be as well. Just share and be nice and follow through. That is like the biggest thing. I've heard so many stories from wedding planners who say, I asked this photographer for photos and it's been six months and now it's been eight months and I'm never referring that photographer again. You do not want to be that photographer. Um, and whatever it takes, if you have to work till midnight every day for three weeks, you got to do it because this is your passion and this is why you're here. You know, you're not here to just be like, oh, great. Let's just go to Vegas and chill. Maybe. I don't know. But like you want to <laughs> you want this to be better for yourself, you know, so it just it just makes sense. You know, any any questions, you guys? OK, so the question was, uh, what do you recommend for people that don't have a brick and mortar studio, but to be able to uh, provide that experience? Is that right? That's a really good question. I think that I when I first started out, I didn't have a studio. I didn't. I also did not want to go to Starbucks because that's just a bustling place. I would go to a small mom and pop. You know, down the road, there's a small, tiny little cute cafe that's like they literally made this house into a little cafe, super mellow. And I would meet them there when there wasn't not in the morning when it's bustling, not usually at the end of the day when people are driving home kind of thing. And so that that was a really good way. And you know what I did one time in this particular coffee shop is when I first started is they had art on the wall. And I said, is it okay? Are you guys cool if I put some of my art on the wall? And it was literally children photography, like just fine art, beautiful kids, like kids running and jumping off things and swimming and things like that. And they were, you know, 35 millimeter, definitely not a lot of the stuff that you see that I do now. But at the beginning of my career, I did that. And they allowed me to post or have my images up in this coffee shop for literally three months. And I would meet my clients and I made that into my studio. And I sat there and I said, they would say, well, can we see more of your work? And I said, yeah, look around. (laughs) This is my work. And so just make make that for yourself, you know, and then and then so once I worked my ass off and got myself to that particular place of of getting a place, I had a studio downtown solving. Has anybody been to solving before? (laughs) Little Danish town? Yeah. Uh, I'm Danish, as you can tell. Uh, (laughs) um, I finally got a chance to afford this small little studio. It's 500 square feet, tiny, really small. And I was making some pretty decent uh, money. My accountant said, you need to buy a house and you need to work out of your home. So I said, okay, great. So I found a house that was really, that worked really well for me and my clients. You open the door, you go straight upstairs, then to the left, and you see this really awesome, really well-lit, white walls, uh, beautiful little area. And that was my my meeting area. So I, I bought this house. I made it that. And then one of the biggest accomplishments for me, uh, just for me, is that I was meeting with this really awesome client, young, super nervous themselves. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, they're kind of giddy about the whole experience. They come into my home. I lead them to my office. We sit down and I have like a couch here and a couch here. And then there's like albums all spread out in the front. And she's not really saying anything. And I'm like, oh God, it makes me kind of nervous when people don't say anything. And she's like holding his thigh and not mine, his. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, she just like takes deep breaths and she's like, wow, I feel like I'm sitting in your website. And I'm like, it's because you are, (laughs) you know? And that was a big part of really kind of knowing that what I was doing was right. Um, And as we know, you know, and still keep a website. I think keeping a website is your gallery. You definitely still want to do that. Um, And so at the time I was rebranding and everything was white and it was really museum style. 
And I took that branding of my website and I took it into my studio and I made it exactly the same. And you want, so that's an experience right there. Doing the whole coffee shop thing is an experience. Doing the experience of them coming here and my office and going, wow, I feel like I'm in your website. That was amazing. I really felt like success. Not because of the money part, believe me, it's not that, is that I, I followed through with the brand and it felt good that someone noticed. Uh, and of course, they ended up signing a contract, right? Literally when they left, you know, and then I went to the bar. Just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not kidding. No. <laughs> so she wants to clarify, you don't give the couple anything digital. I don't give it to them. I sell it to them. Yeah. So I don't just say, here you go, take it all. The reason is, is you want to keep something um, that's also, obviously the photos are of value, but like the digital files, even if you guys just try this. Even if you just take it out of your packages and charge $500, $200. So I totally get it, believe me. But what you do is maybe you actually frame something for them or have them pick images that you're going to print for them. If you're a film photographer, maybe get it printed in the darkroom. Like, have you ever thought about doing that? You know, probably not, right? Like, let's, so let's think about that. Let's make it so that your brand is is on a, on a different level than your neighbor. You want to stand out. You want to stand out. Maybe there's a beautiful black and white 35 image, uh, millimeter image that you can, or two or three from every client that you literally tell them, we're going to hand print this. Your clients are going to be like, what the hell does that mean? Well, that, that means that means quality. That means amazing. That means uh, nobody, can else, nobody can reproduce that. Make something that and sell and, and give to them. Maybe that's the exchange. So find something that will definitely give you that exchange. Because I understand, you can't just take it away and expect for them to hire you based on your market. I totally get that. But you have to replace it with something that's unique. Something that's unique to you. I do that, you know, and that's, and that's what I think that people need to be doing. Even if, again, even if it's $500, $200, because it's adding value. You have to add value to things like that. You can't just give everything away. First of all, just to be clear here, I, I say yes to everything. As a business person... Saying yes is going to make you a successful person, okay? If you say no and you say no, people are not going to come back to you. They, so this is what, well, um, will you come, will you shoot overtime at my 10-hour wedding? Can I, uh, you know, things like that, for example. I say yes to everything. But the kicker is I say yes to everything with a price. That is the kicker. So don't, and I'm telling you guys, just don't ever say no. Unless, of course, it's life threatening or something like that, you know, <laughs> but like if it's something like that, like, hey, like, you know, for example, I'm, I think I'm a really good negotiator when it comes and I never was. But like with my wedding packages, who here negotiates with your wedding rates and stuff? Raise your hand if you do. Yeah, that's awesome. Beautiful. Who here does not want to negotiate? Just raise your hand. We're friends. Come on. You don't. <laughs> OK, we I think I need to see your rates or something. We need to we need to sit down. Because, um, and I'm not putting you on the spot, but a lot of photographers, <laughs> a lot of times photographers have excuses. We all have excuses. We cannot have excuses, okay? So what I'm saying is that if you say no to certain things, people are going to, to know and to recognize that you are a no person. And, and that means you're not being very flexible. So what I'm saying is when I negotiate, what I do is, I just talked to a bride today, okay? And she's getting married in this particular location. And she said, there's just no way I can't afford you. And I said, well, my, my next question was, and she said, I love your work. This is her second time reaching out to me. I love your work so much. I just can't hire somebody else. I just can't do it, but I just can't afford you. So what do I do? I either walk away or I say, well, what's your rate? What's your, what's your budget? And so I said, what is your comfortable photo budget? That's all I ask. 
she can come back and say $2,000 less. She can say $10,000 less, or she can just say, I, I, like, I just can't do it, you know? Um, and that's my time. If it's $2,000 less, I'll look at my weekend and I'll say, okay, maybe I can't do 2000 but maybe I could do 1000 And with that, I'm going to throw in the digital files because I really want the job because at this, it's at this amazing location and things like that. So this is a good point to not giving your digital files away. I use the digital files as bar, as a as a little trade. I use it all the time. Bargaining I do this, chip. Yes, and I do the same thing with my engagement sessions. A lot of my clients, not a lot, sorry, half of them that book my wedding packages don't book engagement sessions, and I push it like crazy. But what I do is I also, um, you know, I bargain with them and I tell them and I say, hey, look, like I'm gonna, I'll trade you, I'll do this for this, and I'll give you the engagement session if I do this, or you know, so. By not giving everything away like the engagement session and the digital files, I'm able to definitely negotiate a lot more. So that's what I mean by, you know, keeping yourselves open to negotiation and all of that good stuff. Yes. Yeah, that's really tricky. I, I don't know. I don't really like to negotiate with albums. Like albums is like usually a no-no because they're expensive, right? Albums, like my albums are $1,500, sometimes more. I, that, those situations get a little tricky. I think it's still okay to continue to negotiate, but to an extent. I wouldn't go to exactly what she wants right now. I think you need to meet in the middle. And if she decides that she doesn't want to move forward, then guess what? It may not be worth it for you. It really, when you negotiate, it has to be worth it still. It's not like you're giving them a major deal, you know? Maybe there's something else. Maybe we keep it at the same price, but is there something else you can give them? Can we give you, let's say, how about we do like four, four by six or four 11 by 14s or something like that? Yes, I always meet with my clients every time, uh, well, before I shoot their wedding. I, I don't want to say before I book them, but before I shoot their wedding, even if it's a destination location, I will meet with them two or three days before the wedding. Because a lot of times they're there, you know, maybe for their rehearsal dinner and things like that. Um, and so it's really, really important for me to even, for example, if they didn't want an engagement session at a destination wedding, then I'm going to maybe pull them aside for 30 minutes before their rehearsal dinner and do a mini session with them. Because you want to get a chance to see how they are in front of the camera and that you want them to really see how you are behind it and how you direct. That's really important. Honestly, it's like, it's a really big deal to get a chance to work with your clients. I actually, I push, most of my, uh, I say most, but half don't get an engagement session at the time of booking. By the time their wedding comes, almost all of them get one because it's a process. A lot of times they think it's cheesy. Oh, I don't want to do that because my friend did it and it's so cheesy and my sister did it. You know, and then you, and then through the process, you're like, hey, I found this amazing location. Send them a link to it. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. This is amazing. You know, or whatever, or whatever it may be. So, um, anyways, did I answer your question? Yeah. All right. A question over here. Okay. A lot of it has to do with the amount of time I've been in the industry. Let's talk about that. And then, um, and just following through with the amount of content I have and the amount of people that I've worked with and all of that, and being mixed in with working with amazing floral designers, and those floral designers work really close with the planners. But I'll tell you this. When I first, I have to keep on track here because I have my master class. What time's the uh, master class? It's at one. We're good. Okay. Um, what time am I done here? Oh, you guys have to eat. 12.15-ish. 12.15? Yeah. Okay, then I'm fine. 20 minutes. Um, one of the biggest breaks I think I had with working with wedding planners is years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I had this bride from Chicago, Jessica. She called me and she said, hey, we really love your work. You're the first vendor that we're hiring. And we want you to recommend who we should hire beyond that. Floral designer, uh, makeup artist, wedding planner. And when she said that, I thought, wow, this is a dream come true. Someone is, for once, is asking me. Um, <laughs> so going back to the, the, the planner thing. So this bride was like, hey, you know, we, we want you to recommend us. And I thought, 
there's a, pl- a wedding planner who no longer does weddings. He moved on to doing some crazy, awesome design work for big companies. But he's in Santa Barbara. His name's Scott. And I, I remember thinking that all of the most successful wedding uh, photographers were working with Scott, and he did incredible work. And so I said, I had never worked with this guy. So I said, Jessica, here's the deal. I've never worked with this guy, but he's amazing, and he's in Santa Barbara, and your wedding's in Santa Barbara. You should hire him. I knew the bride had the budget because she told me. So guess what? Two weeks later, she hires Scott. And then, but Scott had no idea, like, who's this guy? Like, whatever, who cares? He, he could give a crap, you know? So the wedding comes. It was in August. I shoot my heart out. I get there early. I do tons of details. I go crazy. I, I'm not a diva or anything or demanding. I just do my work. I work hard. I'm quiet. I'm very just to myself, but I make sure that I get the job done. Um, I, you know, rush the images. I send them to uh, Scott. And guess what? Three, four days later, he has those images on his front page. Now, this is the guy that all of the wedding planners in the area and in California were looking up to. And so those competitors, his competitors, were looking at his website going, whoa, this event is beautiful, number one. Number two, who shot this? And of course, he had my name at the bottom with a link to my website. I also got a chance to see how many hits I was getting from his website. It was amazing the traffic I was getting from his website. It was incredible. Google Analytics showed all of that to me. And so from then, he thanked me. I got him published. And, and literally, that was a huge break because the next few weddings after that, he literally would call me and he would say, are you available for September 15th? Hey, how's it going? Yes, I'm available. Okay, book it. Don't even, t- don't even ask me uh, budget. Just price it however you want. I had never had that opportunity. It was insane. So that was, like my, that was like one of my biggest breaks is whenever you get a chance as a photographer, and maybe you already do, to recommend people that are very talented that maybe you want to work with, do it. And not just even wedding planners. I'm talking makeup artists, videographers, uh, everybody, even a cake maker, venues. I recommend venues all the time. And guess what? The venue, there's a gorgeous new venue. It's unbelievable. And venues are, we talk about locations. Venue is really, really important because we're always shooting at the same places. Who here feels that way? Like we're shooting at the same resorts and we're getting all tired and yeah. And um, there's this incredible location. And guess what? I've referred this place five weddings, not even shoot. I haven't even shot a wedding there. And out of those five, they booked three. And when and I finally did, I, I did like a little mini one-on-one workshop there because I just wanted to just play in this location. They've only done one wedding. Uh, and the guy's like, thank you so much. We don't allow anybody to shoot here. We, won't, we will only allow Annie Leibovitz and you to shoot here. And wow. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Anyways, I got to get to work. And so like just things like, like just do that, give back, you know, and but but honestly, I'm making it better for myself, you know, so it's like if you can do that for yourself and, and you're building your brand, you're making it better, do it. Um, and some of us may not have the opportunity just yet, but when the opportunity comes, do it. And also it's OK to suggest, even though the client doesn't ask you, suggest Do you have a makeup artist that you are already working with. Exactly. You always do, which is great. You want to work with people that are doing good work that you trust styling, all of that. Floral designer. Let's now talk about a floral designer, not just makeup, because I know makeup could be five or $600, let's say, or a thousand for the good ones or 1500. But let's talk about a floral designer that charges $50,000. You just, or whatever, you know, because you want to work with those people. These, this is how you start building relationships. And then you take the pictures and then you upload them on Instagram and then you freaking tag them because that is like the biggest pet peeve of mine is when people don't tag photographers, right? Everybody's shaking their heads or labs or labs. Well, that's different. <laughs> um, well, because like what you see in the picture should be should be tagged. 
if it's a floral design, like if it's a like a beautiful like you know tent, the, we couldn't do it with just being photographers. We have to tag everyone that was that put their hand in it. Just do that. That is how you start to build your your following. That is how you start to just show people that it's not always just about you. We're just photographers. Like let's just get the spotlight off of us for a second. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to be famous. Everyone wants to be having a million followers. Like, of course, that's just that's the world we live in. But think about other people and credit people where it it's, needs to be credited. That's just the bottom line. It's just respect. And it's also, in my opinion, it's etiquette. And I see a lot of photographers that post and don't credit anybody. And it was a styled shoot. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you want to show? Is it because you feel insecure that we're going to steal your vendors? Or is it because you're just being a diva and you just want to be it fall for yourself? Just tag people. And I know it's not pretty. You know, like I always like everything to be clean and simple and not a lot of words. But you know how like Instagram, like, I don't know, six months ago started doing that more and it hides it. Thank God they did that, you know, because it was ugly before, you know. So 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 just do it, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying you do it, but I'm just saying, you know, in general. Yeah. My markup for albums. So my cost is about fifteen hundred dollars or so on average. And I sell them for forty three hundred. So it's more than double. Um, that's a good question. If the flowers are not in the shot that I post, I usually... Is this everybody? I usually don't. I usually don't. Right. Um, but if it's a wedding planner, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I usually don't. But if it's like, let's say, a, I don't know, a scene without a flower floral, but I still tag the wedding planner, I feel like the wedding planner always gets tagged. And also, I always try to tag the wedding planner first. I've actually had wedding planners... Uh, write me and say, can you tag me first? Because I like I put them last. And it gets really funky and people get hurt and all these things. Um, but usually, but I make that a rule for myself is tag the wedding planner and then I go, you know, floral and that venue and things like that. If, if the venue Thanks so has much a, for listening. Um, and if you like this podcast or, or learned something, anything. How did I come up with defining my style? About it? Even better, um, you could leave a, a really review good over in the iTunes the, store, I'm just joking, but it's, it's a kind of a long process. Big thanks process. to SoundStripe.com, you know, provides us with um, music for the photo testing, report and really the artist testing, report podcast. You know, from Your the very, very beginning, just really knowing. First of all, I already knew what I liked. I knew that I liked fashion and editorial photography, and I knew that if I took the editorial and I made it into a wedding, then I would be really happy. But I didn't know if people would pay for it. Go to SoundStripe.com During that time, I thought, well, gosh, everything is so, you know, wedding photojournalism. Like, why wouldn't anybody? Pay and get for one this free sort of download, look, you know, no so strings attached. I really um, yeah, like tune in for um, more. We got good shooting stuff coming. with a medium format from the very beginning. I worked with this fashion photographer in San Francisco, and she worked with the Pentax. And I really liked the the look of it. Contacts, I tend to just really love that because they, you know, of course, they have a Carl Zeiss lens on the camera. I haven't tested much on that camera, to be honest with you. But I, it, as long as it's a Carl Zeiss lens, it's going to be beautiful. Um, you know, I, there's like Mamiya and things like that, and I know some people shoot with Mamias. Or Pentaxes, but honestly, I think Hasselblad and Contax are the best medium formats out there. They just are. So, to answer your question, I think it's it's kind of a hard question to answer in five minutes or whatever, or two minutes. But um, it really is just sort of defining the look that you're really into and doing it and mastering it. You have to master a specific look. I feel like I did it for so long that I mastered a look that I could do that I could only do. Um, and people were coming to me because they wanted that particular thing, like anything, like any brand, you know? And so it was predictable. It was like they were going to, I don't know, some designer store, let's say. And that's, that's your goal is you want to be a brand. That's why we're all here is to somehow, you know, figure this out uh, if you don't already know that with, you know, your experience or whatever, working with other people. But um, creating a brand is one of the hardest things, I think, for me, you know? But, and it came from time. It just, it's going to take time. At bottom line, it just is. 
Uh, but again, technically, I knew what I wanted because I was formally trained for three years. That's all I did was I just shot every single day and I had assignments and I some assignments were t most of them were horrible. And, you know, I did a terrible job. And then some of them were like, wow, this is awesome. And then I took note of the ones that felt good to me. And I continued to do that over and over and over again.